Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings and welcome to uh, Mansa Media's The Weekly Beat. I'm Arnold Segawa, taking you through uh, whatever is making the headlines and uh, everything else across the continent. And of course, my co-presenters on this one, uh, Maggie Mutasi, joining us from Kigali, uh, Rwanda, and uh, Bumi Jerry, joining us from Johannesburg. Lady, gentlemen, how are you doing today? And thanks for making time. Well, uh, we're still in a total lockdown in uh, Rwanda. We now say it's the new normal. And uh, hoping that we get out very soon and uh, everything gets back to business as usual. Do me. Yes, we're doing all we can. We're masking up. We're social distancing. We're washing hands every every chance we can get. That's the new normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for uh, making time to join us today, guys. And uh, uh, earlier on, uh, uh, Oxfam International published their report on uh, inequality. If we could just dive into it. Uh, and they dubbed this the inequality virus. It showed that uh, close to a thousand of the richest people on the planet uh, recouped their COVID-19 losses within just nine months. But it could also uh, take more than a decade mm. for the world's uh, poorest to actually recover uh, the impact of this particular virus. This is according to Oxfam. And of course, this was launched at uh, the uh, Davos, the, the World Economic Forum. So let's hear from Gabriela Butcher, Oxfam's executive director, to just uh, give us an insight into uh, the latest report. Many of us, when we think about inequality, we think this is something just for idealists or an inconvenience to the serious business of capitalism. But Oxfam's message is, no, actually, equality is a fresh and moral and serious framework that can reshape the way we run our economies for the 21st century. Equality in our economy will drive us towards achieving the global goals that governments around the world agreed to. And it's crucial to fighting the climate breakdown. And let me say we're paying for the profound failure of governments to address inequality. Oxfam is at Davos, as you say, this year with new data. It shows that we risk facing the greatest rise in inequality since records began. And it could take more than a decade for billions of people to recover from the economic hit of the pandemic. While at the very top, just 10 billionaires, all men, have seen their wealth skyrocket by half a trillion dollars since March. That could have paid to vaccinate the world and prevent anyone from being pushed into poverty by the pandemic. So that was uh, Gabriela Butcher, who is uh, Oxfam's executive director, just uh, shedding some light on the latest findings of the report. Remember, it was launched at uh, the sidelines of uh, the World Economic Forum in Davos. Uh, back to you, uh, Dumi and uh, Maggie, just uh, give me a sense of uh, what you make of her remarks and uh, the report as a whole. Well, um, the report is quite disturbing, uh, to be honest, if you look at the numbers, the figures. We have known that inequality is the big elephant in the room. And uh, every year we've had this report come out, but I think uh, this has come at the back of uh, a pandemic where poor people are getting poorer and rich are getting richer in just a period of nine months. I mean, how you would describe that in a period of one month, um, the world's richest nine people made about 540 million US dollars at a time when the stock markets had just crashed. This is something that we, we, we cannot describe. And, um, Again, if you bring that back to Africa, we've seen governments looking for money. 
um, to to support healthcare systems, build hospitals. Uh, we've seen governments actually, you know, struggling, and even until now, a lot of governments, t- you know, are saying, you know, we need to purchase vaccines to be able uh, to get our countries uh, back to normal, and. When you see the amount of money that governments are looking for and you see the amount of money billionaires made in just nine months, there's a very huge difference. And it it gets you thinking, um, where is the problem? Where is the problem and what are governments not doing right? Uh, Another thing that stood out for me has been the impact um, this pandemic has had on women. especially women in the informal sector, which com- comprises of 70% of the population. Nine out of 10 of uh, these workers in the informal sector are women and youth, we, which we can, I can happily say the youth are also the women. And many of them are left out of jobs and uh, many of them, you know, don't have any incomes. And they have lost 60% of their earnings now, this also sends a, a, a signal to a lot of governments, especially, that there has to be something, either better planning, but how do you support these groups? Domi, let me bring you back in here. Uh, one thing that's uh, quite yeah. shocking yet again is uh, uh, the, the tax breaks. Now, uh, temporary taxes on uh, excess profits uh, made by 32 Global Corporation uh, actually came to the core here, $4 billion in 2020. Uh, was subject to tax exemptions. Now, on the fiscal side, you do feel for governments because they want to cushion the fall. But in the process of cushioning the fall, uh, they're issuing tax breaks and they seemingly benefiting the richest of the rich as opposed to saving uh, maybe the, the poorest and small startups and small family businesses. Is it time maybe to rethink fiscal policy? Dumi, talk to me here. I think so. Um, so yes, I mean, it is it definitely is time for us to do that because um, I know in a lot of countries there, there's always been a debate about um, the wealth tax. Uh, I feel that um, all of these other companies uh, and um, the, the, the wealthy people with their tax breaks, recession is over for them. They, they, they don't understand what recession is because they've recovered. While it's going to take the rest of the world 10 years to recover, they have recovered already and they have seen their wealth continue to increase. So I think, yes, it's, it's probably time for government really uh, to look at um, um, you know, these tax breaks that they extend to some of these corporations at a more granular level. And I'm inclined to agree with what Maggie was saying earlier on, that um, the wealthy could actually be funding uh, vaccinations across the world, uh, but instead they're just basking in their wealth. Like I said earlier on, it should be classified as morally wrong. That's that's that, that's my take. Eh? I mean, what Dumi is saying is 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 so uh, crucial. When we look at Africa for the past couple of years, uh, a lot of governments have been trying to attract um, investments into the countries. And one of the ways we've seen is uh, the tax holidays given to the multinational companies. And of course, as journalists, when you, 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 you do stories on these, a lot of times you, you will actually even hear local manufacturers say, shouldn't these incentives or, 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 you know, these holidays as well be given to us to grow, to support? Because maybe this is also a check that has to be done. And I agree with you, Dumi. I think it's time to rethink, um, you know, taxation, especially when it comes to the rich. Why should 
somebody so rich get 10 months, you know, tax holiday? Why should I, somebody really uh, uh, not earning as much be taxed the same as somebody earning billions of dollars? So the, the question of taxation is very critical. And um, I, I love bringing back the conversation back home to Africa. Uh, we need to rethink. We need to rethink how to, to attract investments, but also, uh, in a, uh, also not encourage, you know, that kind of inequality. This is so clear. This is so alarming. But this could also be, you know, a lesson, not to just governments, but to institutions. And uh, the good thing is that the numbers are out there. The numbers are not funny. Um, and uh, it clearly says something has got to be done. Right. Um, uh, let's touch on uh, the, the women issue, because uh, this is uh, definitely the biggest part of uh, this particular report. I mean, the women do make up 70 percent of uh, the global health and social care workforce. Uh, but when it comes to the mm-hmm. pay, uh, I always use the example of uh, the S&P 500 companies where women are less than 20% of the CEOs. Um, uh, but but let's talk about the, the issue around the women. Again, even when uh, we had uh, uh, a Winnie Bianima at the time pushing the agenda, uh, fronting it left, right and center, but nothing seems mm-hmm. to be changing here. How do we move this past just the rhetoric and all these reports? A lot of women, when it comes to crises, be it war, civil war, you know, be it uh, 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 climate change, uh, now we're talking about a pandemic, it comes back to these women in the informal sector. And I'm saying this because it's a huge number. They do cross-border trade. They own shops. Uh, they are into small trading. They are into markets. So, if governments wake up and say, um, "We need to social distance, no big gatherings, no absolutely uh, crossing borders," then you're kicking them out of business. That means a lot of them are going back home, and most of them support their families. So, um, it's it's high time uh, that we plan for them better. But also, um, um, I think I know a lot of a lot of governments, a lot of uh, a lot of countries were not prepared uh, for the pandemic. But there should be ways uh, such groups should be supported. And I'm not saying just women alone, but a lot of informal sector workers have been left out of jobs. The big percentage of those are women who need to support their families. Governments have extended support in terms of food, in terms of finance. But as we close down countries, it's also good to think of how to to support, um, you know, uh, citizens or to support women, to support. I, I have to say women. I, I'd love to say women in the informal sector. How do we support them as, you know, as we also try um uh, to observe social distancing and everything else and prevent the coronavirus. Because nine months, 10 months, one year of not working, of not trading is not something really easy. Yeah. I think just to add on there, I think uh, governments, um, I think they need to redistribute somehow um, the resources with prior, more priority being given to uh, women. Uh, that would lead to more representation. Uh, for those marginalized people uh, amongst us, uh, particularly the women and children. So um, I think that's my take. I'm, 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 I'm inclined to agree with most of what you say, with all of what you're saying, rather. 
um, governments need to recognize unpaid uh, and and I mean uh, and poorly paid work that um, women do, um, and therefore uh, take steps to probably leverage even on technology and supportive services or redistribute um, um, funds, as I have said, um, in an effort to uplift the women. Right. Uh, uh, definitely. Of course, this brings around the debate around quotas. Uh, Germany is setting quite an interesting example. They approved a gender quota bill for company boards where you must have at least Amazing. Uh, 50%. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, trust Angela Merkel to uh, drive that particular uh, conversation. But uh, on this particular note, let's actually uh, bring in uh, Imi uh, Mulekatete from uh, Rwanda to just uh, share some entrepreneurial tips uh, for, on working from home and uh, just really to drive this uh, conversation around home. Maggie, you've mentioned the fact that coming to a year, uh, still, the border is still closed uh, between Congo and we know mm. that uh, the likes of Goma, which is, of course, a border town, thrive on cross-border trade. And guess what? 80% of these cross-border traders happen to be women in the informal sector. So uh, let's just hear what uh, Imi has to say. When 2020 began, I had a um, resolution that I would start my business because I tried several times and I kept on failing, but I felt like 2020 was my year. So I had started two businesses. One was um, in PR. It was more like a consultancy firm. And then another was more into merchandise, uh, selling a few things. Um, and boom, there was uh, COVID-19. And I think for the first, I just started. I started in January and then uh, March we were already affected before I knew it. Most of the tenders I had signed or, or that I was expecting to start, they were already cancelled. I couldn't do merchandise because um, my place of work or the other place of business was closed. So it really affected me for quite some time before um, I thought through some of the things that I can do to, uh, first of all, keep myself afloat and be able to continue with my business. For sure, the merchandise business has been a nightmare. It's not been easy. It's been struggle um, so much, especially because of lockdown and then curfew and, and, and all that. It, it, it affects the businesses. But I think what I've done, especially for my consultancy firm, is um, go digital, go online. That has been one of the best tips and that has a lot to do with uh, um, how we pitch um, our different uh, proposals or even how we work with the clients. Most of the clients now want to go digital. Uh, so I also had to, to teach myself or to unlearn and learn a few other things about communication and PR, especially that that I was not used to or that that wasn't really traditional. And um, that has been one of the biggest tips. And then the other one is I've learned to be flexible. It's uh, flexible, especially uh, with how much time I spend with my children, flexible with um, how I'm open to doing almost anything. But also another tip has been managing time. Because when you're at home, it's so easy to get swamped into so much work. Work at your place of work and then work into your other businesses and then work at home and then work with children before you know it. 
you have totally lost it. So I have been giving myself kind of a timetable, uh, what to do at what particular time, when to exercise, when to uh, cook a meal once in a while, when to uh, do my work. So I don't think it's it's the best, but it has helped me cope. It has helped me survive and it has helped me thrive, especially in my, in my businesses, but also as a person. Yeah, many thanks for Imi for that. Of course, uh, Imi uh, Mulekatate joining us from uh, Rwanda and uh, giving us those tips. If you are, do have many of these, be sure to uh, share them with us on our social media platforms. Uh, as always, you can uh, get in touch with us uh, on Facebook. Uh, that's at uh, Mansa Media Africa. That's on Facebook. Then Instagram is Mansa Media. That's one word, underscore Africa. On Twitter, it's at Mansa Media. Uh, do me, Maggie, uh, my co-presenters, I'm sorry, I'm hogging all the time, but uh, please, your final remark. Well, Arnold, do me. For me, I think this report is a reality check for a lot of countries, especially here in Africa. If we bring it back home, uh, it should give governments, um, you know, a chance to rethink their priorities, but also see how to help their people. Because inequality is a big problem, but we have to find solutions to close this gap. Me? Yep. Um, so I think on my part, the rich need to stop uh, uh, polluting the world and uh, continuously driving uh, climate change. They help on these uh, private jets and uh, continue burning fossil fuels, which impacts global warming, and uh, we, the poor ones, get to pay for it. So I think um, uh, they should stop it uh, in no uncertain terms. <laughs> Many thanks for that. Uh, and, and of course, it's always a good sign when uh, you do see the likes of the U.S. re-entering the 2016 uh, Paris Agreement, which many call the Paris Accord. Yeah. Uh, but uh, many thanks to yeah. my co-presenters, uh, Dumi Jerry, joining us from Johannesburg, and uh, Maggie Mutesi, who's coming uh, to us from uh, uh, Kigali, Rwanda. Again, uh, be sure to uh, rush off to our social media platforms. Just uh, search Mansa Media. That's on Facebook, uh, Mansa Media underscore Africa on Instagram and at Mansa Media on Twitter. I'm Arnold Segawa. Many thanks for each and every one of And of course, you, the avid listener from us. Have a lovely day. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.